Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast, all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry, and this is episode 11 of Entmoot, and it's going to be a very exciting episode because I'm very excited about the tournament uh, involved in this episode. Um, You'd think that after a three-day tournament like Ardacon, in which uh, the last episode, or last three episodes, uh, were all focused, uh, no, no, I'm not uh, tired, I'm not uh, not sort of losing the hobby enthusiasm, no, no, I am very excited for uh, The Rings of Men uh, 2019. So very excited about this uh, this um, this tournament because it's another tournament uh, in the similar vein to Seven Stones, uh, which one of my previous episodes was all about, um, in which uh, it's mostly about theme, hobbying, all that sort of sportsmanship, all these sort of things, uh, and less focus on the filthiness. And there are lots of of lots of extra little fun things to make uh, this tournament that much more interesting. So throughout the podcast, I'll be talking to people I play at said tournament. Uh, I'll also be uh, interviewing the uh, winner of said tournament and also the organiser, Barney Menzies. And, of course, we'll also, in a bit, have the riddles in the dark, the return of the uh, quiz game, uh, and also just having a bit of a banter and chat about the Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game. So, uh, welcome along. Uh, As I said, uh, episode 11. Very exciting to be here. So, uh, the Rings of Men is a tournament, as I say, like the Seven Stones, which um, is all about theme, and, uh, in fact, actually borrows uh, quite a lot of the ideas but it's a it's a rather than being a, a doubles tournament like seven stones is where you battle uh, with a battle brother a brother in arms this one is all about yourself and uh, your opponents and having fun with the people you play against uh, and it is a 650 point tournament which i really like that's a really uh, really sweet uh, spot for for me in terms of uh, allowing you enough scope for some big stuff but also um, plenty of time uh, on the tables Um, and actually there are seven games uh, throughout this tournament Um, so the first game's at 9.15 on a Saturday uh, and then uh, the last game uh, is there's four games that day and then three games the following day so seven seven whole uh, games which is fantastic and also all with two hours two hours time perfect I think for 650 points Uh, I hope it will be anyway um, uh, after the Arda controversy uh, from the previous episodes um, which I may revisit at some point soon Uh, but anyway this one's all about this tournament anyway um, so uh, let's let's delve into the event pack because this has got lots of really interesting stuff. Um, you should be able to find it if you search for the GBHL and uh, on the Facebook page, search for the event and the event page because it's really worth uh, worth having a read through because there's lots of uh, great ideas here. So there are a few scenarios, um, basically variants of some of the uh, ones in the uh, the in the Middle Earth book, um, including rescue the ring bearer. The Elven Rings, the Seven Dwarf Rings, the Nine Rings of Men. So uh, I'll, I'll scoot through these just to give you an idea of some of the scenarios that uh, are different. So one, the Rescue the Ring Barrier, is it's a Fog of War variant. I love Fog of War, my favourite game. It just adds it's adds so much more uh, decision-making, which I, I think is fantastic. This is adding even more to that, um, which is where you have to provide a hostage who is attached to your opponent's uh, player's leader. Um, so this is exciting. And the hostage uh, basically must stay as close to the leader as possible. Uh, it moves uh, six inches at a turn, um, but it 
has to uh, move, um, stay within uh, as close as possible, basically. And I gain one VP if I have more models within one inch of the opponent's hostage than, uh, than they do at the end of the game. Or three VPs if you free the opponent uh, opponent's hostage, and that's by um, basically uh, sort of being uh, in base contact here. And on four plus, you can uh, take control of the hostage. So this is uh, very exciting. Um, so that's that's a bit of fun. Already adding some variation to fog of war. Uh, the Elven Rings is a it's the seize the prize variant. Which so there's three prizes. Three rings. You can starting to understand the uh, thing here. Uh, so there's three rings um, and so three prizes rather than uh, the one. Which I think I've, the idea I think is the added a little bit more um, more variant uh, variants. I suppose more uh, just to make it less likely that you know one flappy bat flaps forward into the centre, uh, picks up the prize and then flaps away and, and secures the victory. So for each of those um, those rings, those prizes. Uh, you get uh, one VP in your own half, three VPs in the opponent's half, and five if you get it off the board edge. And, and in the same way, you, you uh, all three uh, rings have to go off the board uh, to end the game, uh, or to both armies to be down to 25%. So uh, there is also uh, the similar... The uh, models holding an Elven Ring can get a six-plus Fury save. How exciting. Uh, seven Dwarf Rings is another scenario. as an Heirloom of Ages Past, which uses seven objectives. So this is what the one way you sort of go into base contact with said objective and then you pick up uh you pick it up and then it on a six it is is the objective if not then it's not interestingly uh these are heavy objects so it'll slow you down if you walk um which is like that so it says the event pack says the dwarf rings are mighty items so dense in their construction that many mortals will struggle to carry them model who picks up the artifact in this scenario treats it as a heavy heavy object so that's cool um so once you get the uh, objective i've had it in a few games where they just uh, they just uh, you know fly away and you could never catch them. This one, there's a good chance you'll be able to catch them. So makes you more uh, worried about who has the uh, objective. Really cool, uh, really cool variation. That excellent and also thematic with the whole tournament. The Nine Rings of Men is the final uh, adapted scenario, and this is capture and control, where um, basically there are nine objectives and one VP for all of them. So that's going to be difficult with my army, which I'll get onto in a little bit's time. But um, there are, there's some restrictions uh, for the army, um, and lots of encouragement to do um, to do fun stuff. So there's things like you know, uh, I think I, I don't know. Actually, uh, I don't, it doesn't actually say you're not allowed to, but I'm pretty sure you'll be looked down upon if you uh, don't take red alliance if you take red alliances or yellow alliances so that's the idea of the tournament um, we know what scenarios we're playing um, all that sort of stuff and you're encouraged to make your own objective markers nine objective markers there's a prize for that uh, and to bring your own hostage all that sort of stuff um, sadly I haven't been very good at that sort of stuff because I've been very busy in the last few weeks um, with work and stuff but uh, I have taken a new army which we will find out about now ask so I decided I wanted to do a themey army, and I based this around partially um, what I'm painting at the moment. I mentioned earlier I didn't have enough time to do the objective, so I wanted to not have to paint loads of things for this thing. But I also wanted to do something new for this tournament. So I looked at what I've been doing. I've been painting a lot of rangers for my uh, slow grow league, uh, which was featured. The first part of which was featured a few episodes ago. If you want to check back for that, where I'm doing uh, uh, rangers and hobbits for a local league. 
and I've got so I've got some Rangers done. Uh, I've got some Rangers in the North ready. And so I thought, right, I want to do something with Rangers and Halberad, who I've already got a horse for and everything. Uh, converted it all up. I was really enjoyed doing that. So I thought, right, I want to include this. I haven't used them in a tournament, so I'm going to do that. Um, and I was looking at the alliances, and I could do green alliances with hobbits. Um, I could do yellow alliances, of course, but in this tournament, not allowed, or certainly very much discouraged. So the idea was to do the only other green alliance, which is Paths of the Dead, of course, which makes sense because if you read the books, uh, the rangers head along the Paths of the Dead, um, and uh, they're joined by uh, by the King of the Dead and all that gubbins. So... My idea of the list was based on the moment where Aragorn, um, Halbarad, the Rangers, and some other people who well, we won't mention uh, arrive at the uh, the sort of Stone of Eric, and um, and Aragorn shouts out at them, "Oath keepers, why have you come?" And a voice, one single voice, was heard out of the night that answered him, as if from far away. It says to fulfil our oath and have peace, and then they unfill that banner. Uh, he says, I am LSR, Sealdor's heir of Gondor. And Halbarad unfills a great standard and toots the horn. And then there's silence, not a whisper, nor a sigh was heard again a long night. And I like this bit because the dead obviously follow them, but they're not there, really. They're sort of shadows in the background. So I like the idea that the King of the Dead shouts out um, in the background. So that's what I want to do. So I've got Aragorn on a horse with a bow, with Anduril, of course, because he has to have the the fort reforged shards of Narsil, sort of. Uh, so he's got the sword. He's got Halbarad with a banner and the horse. He's unfilled the banner. Uh, he's got the horse because they do ride through uh, the Pass of the Dead because they have uh, very strong um, uh, willed horses in the book anyway. Um, so I've decided to give them the bonus of the horses, even though uh, the the Legion, Legendary Legion, doesn't let them have horses, understandably so, for OP-ness, I guess. But um, OP-ness, oh my God, that's brilliant, uh, for the uh, potential for overpowered nature, I suppose. Um, and then I've got three Rangers of the North with spears, two Dunedain with spears, um, and then the King of the Dead with the Herald of the Dead. So, so it's an all-hero army, 650 points. Um, and you know what? I'm really excited about this because although at first I was a bit unsure of whether to stick with the Herald of the Dead because I forgot that the King of the Dead um, can't use, uh, can't call actions that affect people other than um, the spirits. But I think this is pretty awesome because I've got... Five might points on the, all the Rangers, so that's good. I've got three from Halbarad, I've got three from Aragorn, and the free one. Then I've got the King of the Dead with his standard might point, and the Herald, who has three will points. And I found in the past when I've played the King of the Dead, the chances that I've had to kill him have always been because he ran out of strikes. And with the Herald of the Dead hovering by, there's no, well, not no chance of that, but... He's got a lot of strikes. He's got the potential for four heroic strikes, which I love. And the Herald of the Dead turns out is awesome. 70 points, 75 with the shield, but I didn't pay for that. Um, Two attacks, two wounds, two fate, defense seven, fight four, wounds against your courage. Pfft, what, what else do you want? And also he's a hero that he can stand fast with the King of the Dead's 
Courage 7. So um, really, really excited about this. Um, I know the weaknesses are clearly the Dunedain and the Rangers of the North because the Dunedain in particular are very squishy. Very, very squishy. Rangers of the North, also very squishy. But two attacks on foot, spears for helping each other out, I guess. Um, that's cool. Uh, also, got Halberad. He's got the banner, which is big, fearless, six-inch banner. Really useful. I've got Andril. I've got a lot of killing power here. Halberad, bit flimsy. The Rangers, a bit flimsy. The King of the Dead, Harold of the Dead, Aragorn, kind of flimsy. But... Either way, a lot of killing power here, and there's a bit of speed as well. So I'm really excited about this, and I think that not many people have used this kind of list before. Um, I've got the speed that the usual ranger list doesn't have, um, and I've got a King of the Dead to chill people's souls and, and cause harbinger of evil and stand in front of um, of the lines of Dunedain if I need to to try and discourage people charging with, with stuff. So I can put the Dunedain behind them for spear supports or whatever something like that um and also you know when when if if and when i break the enemy i've got harboring of evil which is always very useful so um i i, I kind of like my chances obviously i'm gonna dislike being outshot or outmaneuvered so rohan riders of rohan will be annoying uh, to play against um uh, anything like i hate that faramir's legion hate it uh, that again i've played that a few times recently so um there's a good chance and it's a thematic list so that might turn up i don't want to play that um what else don't i want to play but in terms of thematic armies it's hard to tell but i like i like the chance i'd like to play some squishy hordes that would be nice so actually faramir's legion I've got a lot of march. So anyway, um, so I, I fancy my chances. So I'm excited about this uh, this list for this tournament. So all in all, um, I've got nine models. So my break is obviously low. But hey, hey, I'm I'm really, really looking forward to playing this, uh, taking this to the tables because it just feels something different. And I'm hoping that other people have brought equally unusual um, armies to the tournament. So with that in mind... In a few minutes' time, I need to head off to the tournament. But first, there's a bit of time to play... Riddles of the Dark. My precious. So, Riddles in the Dark is a segment of the podcast where I play a clip from the films, The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings films, and uh, you have to guess who is speaking next in the clip and what of course they say now interesting one this week because we have zero correct answers it may well be because it's incredibly difficult it also may well be because it's not been very long since the previous episode but with that in mind i figure i'm gonna drag it out a bit longer so i'll perhaps give you a little bit more of a clue so, uh, I've got two guesses from Dan and Sam. Uh, Dan, congratulations for getting uh, it incorrect. Same with Sam. <laughs> I think I win um, based on this. No, I will... Uh, you're right to an extent. You're in the correct area, the correct timeline. Because, of course, if you listen to the clip again, like this... There's that sound, that... I think I did that. I think it's pretty good. Um, that sound, uh, which places you very much in a certain part of the uh, film trilogy. One of the film trilogies. I think you know which. But the more crucial bit 
of this uh, piece of audio is someone is breathing in this and that places it exactly where it is. Have a listen again one more time. And then also again. Now, who talks next? So, you've got the clue, you know roughly where in the in the films it is placed, um, and it might not be initially where you think it is, um, but have a listen to who is breathing. It's very distinctive breathing. Okay, so get in touch, uh, entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know the answer. Uh, who speaks next, and what do they say? And it's a fabulous line. You're gonna love. You're gonna kick yourself. Uh, so I'll keep it going for another couple of weeks till the next podcast because uh, I want to give you all a good go. Give you all a good go. And you welcome to have another guest, Sam. Welcome to have another guest, Dan. Uh, it hasn't been very long since the last one, so uh, well done uh, to you for getting in touch. I appreciate that. Clearly, big fans, big fans, love that. Um, so anyway, that is the riddle in the dark for this week. It's the same one as last week. Have another listen to it one more time. Finally. <laughs> Uh, I think with that, uh, less of this gaming, less of this riddles, uh, well, let's go and do a different kind of gaming. Jump in the car and head to the Rings of Men uh, in Nottingham, uh, at the Seven City Collectibles uh, shop in Nottingham uh, gaming store, and uh, play some variant scenarios with my ranger army, Aragorn, Halberad, uh, the King of the Dead, Herald of the Dead, and five rangers, including three rangers of the north. Very excited for this. Let's hop in the car. Here, Mr. Bilbo, where are you off to? I can't stop. I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure. So game one of the Kings of Men, and it was a game of reconnoitre with my uh, wonderful alliance of uh, Rangers and uh, King of the Dead and Aragorn Halbrad, and I'm playing against George Strongberg. So George, uh, could you start by telling me uh, your army, basically? What's in the army? Um, it is the Rohan Legendary Legion, Riders of Theodon, so it is Theodon, Gamlin, Eowyn Merry, Elfhelm, and a bunch of riders. And obviously not particularly happy about drawing Rohan in the first round in recon. Um, when you saw the, uh, the army of facing home ends, what did you think? Did you fancy your chances? I'm guessing you did. Um, I assumed I'd win the game because of the Reconnaitre. I didn't really want to fight due to Aragorn and the King of the Dead. So I, the plan was to just shoot you and run off. I ended up not even shooting you, just running off. Yeah, in the end, um, you sort of skirted around a few turns, waited for Hathedon to turn up, which took about three turns, and then pretty much just skirted around the edges and scooched off. And I couldn't really do a lot about it, I guess. And would you have? Uh, is it, do you think there's any way that I could have made this a win for me by sort of maybe preventing you from doing anything, or should I, could I have done anything differently? Um, maybe the only thing is just heroic march with Aragorn every turn and charge as much as you can with him in particular. He could wipe my whole army out on his own, but wherever he goes, I would have just sent the other 20 riders the other way, so probably not. Probably irrelevant. It's probably impossible to win, really. Yeah, because I've got all these rangers. I could potentially have done a line of them at, right at the back to try and be at least a road bump, but I was thinking, well, the, the only thing that's going to do is stall a couple of riders for a few turns, maybe, and they'd die, and then that would be it, really. So... Yeah, I was kind of looking at it, trying to work out what I could have done to win this, and I don't think there was anything really that I could have done. Do you think? 
No, I was talking earlier today about how um, no matter how good of a player you are or tactically you play, um, sometimes the scenario and the army is impossible. So, for example, if you get Lords of Battle against Smaug, you more or less always lose. So it's just I think it was one of them where you got the wrong scenario against the wrong army. If we played any other, like you could have easily won Lords of Battle, easily won any of the other armies. I think it's just unfortunate scenario to play. Yeah, and I guess that's that's it. But I mean, we managed to get a, a, just a three nil victory in the end because you decided probably wisely to not throw Theoden into any combats. Uh, you decided not to really try and break me in case I accidentally broke you, because um, that could, I suppose, have handed a, handed as a, uh, you a win. But in the end, yeah, I got all my models off, so nine off the table. You got fifteen off, or was it sixteen in the end? Um, so yeah, fifteen. So so I guess that's a three nil victory to you. And and yeah, like I say, not not a lot I could do about it really. But uh, George, pleasure to play yeah, and a lovely army I've, I, I love the legion I love the legion what do you think to my army what do you think to the rangers and the king of the dead combo yeah I've never seen it before um, I didn't really get to see it in it's full action like I said because nothing really happened but I definitely think it's interesting I've seen a lot of people play rangers and a lot of people play undead so yeah it could be a good, good combo I think like I said in, in close combat that still might be very strong Halbrad banner fearless as well potentially quite decent and you've got a lot of might to waste so I'm definitely the best scenario I will not want to play you in any other scenario really well, George, it's a pleasure. Nice to, nice to play you. Thanks very much for the game. Cheers. Okay, so game two of the Kings of Men, uh, playing Fog of War against Curtis. And Curtis, first of all, could you just walk me through your army list? What have you brought with you to, for the um, tournament today? So I have Faramir with 15 rangers, um, eight with spear, uh, Damrod with six rangers, three with spear, Madril with 12 rangers, six with spear, and um, a captain with 11 warriors of Minas Tirith, Six with spear, two of which have one has a banner and one has the horn. And yeah, so a, a lot of models that that nasty Faramir's Legion, lots of shots, about 30 shots every turn. Uh, 36 shots, 36 yeah. shots every turn. So, fog of war, and um, we are obviously uh, playing for sort of secret objectives, but also an additional objective that was added for the tournament, which was capturing the hostage. So, each uh, army was allocated a hostage. I had Lobelia, Sackville, Baggins, you had Frodo, and uh, we were trying to basically capture the hostage off one another. So, um, first of all, when you saw my army with Aragorn and the uh, Rangers and so on, what did you think to it? Did you fancy your chances? Um, I I wasn't sure, really. I knew that you had a lot more powerful heroes who could... um win in fights so I was just mainly trying to get a couple shots on Aragorn and see if I could take him out but obviously the horse made him be able to charge in a couple turns Um, and then I just tried to focus on the objectives as well Yeah, I think I actually did a cracking job of that because um, although yes I marched with Aragorn so I was moving 15 inches the first couple of turns so I was closing that gap quickly you managed A to take down Aragorn's horse um, which you got three wounds on one, on the horse once, so I didn't even want to spend all my fate on it. Um, and uh, you also took out a couple of the rangers that you had prioritised as the heroes you wanted to kill, and it was pretty obvious. You, yeah. Even though I was hiding one behind yeah. the ranks, and you, you were still going for that one, so it was clearly uh, you got that hero. So that was a good start for you, and you could probably tell you were going to get your objective because I pretty much focused my guys on one side of the field, and you had a contingent of Minister of Warriors heading for the objective. But um, I think perhaps where you let things fall down was that you sent a whole block of Minister of Warriors yeah, over yeah. to uh, capture that objective and I'd sent all my guys to this side yeah, so yeah. maybe if you'd have uh, if you'd have just sent a few you'd have still got the yeah. objective and you'd have had a lot more uh, bodies to bear the cav. Um, yeah and also Madril I shouldn't have kept him so close I should have just kept pulling him back 
Yeah, because there was a. I was. Uh, you were trying to protect Mandrill, and yeah. I was trying to kill Damrod. Uh, so easy I kill from Damrod. Dam- I mean, he's yeah. an easy kill, really. And luckily, you set him up in the ruin that I was also trying to capture. So I was like, right, straight for that. Yeah. That's my six VPs there. King of the Dead's pretty easy to defend because he's defense eight and he's got all the fate and wounds and everything. So, and you were you were trying to kill one of the rangers, which is wise. And um, did you sort of have any ideas which one I'd be trying to protect? Um, I I wasn't sure which one you were going to be protect. To be honest, although. I was, I was thinking either the king or the herald mm. on their um, yeah the high defense defense yeah yeah and the fate and everything so it, I think that's fair and um, in terms of miscalculations do you think you made any errors that you would do differently next time round um, I did but I'm still kind of new to playing the game properly so it's it's a learning curve I guess and mm. just picking up what I need to do so. Yeah, maybe not move all the warriors over to all the minister of warriors to get the objective and a couple of my heroic moves, um, or positioning my models better so I could do heroic moves more successfully. Yeah, I think early on there was a you, you missed an opportunity to do a heroic move with Madril and Faramir yeah. right at the end. You've still had about fifteen guys left or something like that, um, uh, fifteen rangers, and, and you, you'd left your hero, Madril behind the line so he couldn't call, and then Faramir was in an awkward position to get everyone. And then the next turn, I feel like you kind of felt I need to call the heroic move that I should have called last turn, but actually yeah. I don't think it was worth calling yeah. because it ended up meaning that I could wrap all my guys around you, take out. Um, Madril with the with the with Aragorn and and basically just uh, capitalise on that and kill and get those kills uh, where I needed them um, and because I didn't have I had the ability to act second so I was able to surround you trap you do all those sorts of things so I think that probably was a was a bit of a mistake but I think you played it pretty well I mean the shooting maybe you could have moved back a little bit yeah. more a couple of turns just to get that extra turn of shooting but um, you were you were whittling me down and I was I was really feeling the pressure early on in the yeah, game because of those shots. Good. Yeah. Just so many shots. I should have capitalised more on the early game, but... I think, had you maybe taken Halbrand's horse out, um, it would have been a big deal, but you just took a wound off, and um, I was very close to dying with uh, Halbrand, but luckily he managed to survive, and obviously that cavalry knockdown and the moves really helped me late game. So, um, really cracking game, Curtis. Like you say, you're a a relatively new player, and um, I think you did really well, but in the end it was 15-6 to me because of the extra hostage. Uh, You did get your objective, uh, and you managed to kill my guy, but I got pretty much all the objectives yeah, I was after. So. the end of the game where most of the points were gained, I think. Yeah, I think sudden, suddenly there... <laughs> yes, I think you had a six-point lead for most of the game and then suddenly it was a massive swing yeah. from 15 up. So either way, Curtis, really well played and uh, really, I, I hate playing this Legion because <laughs> it's so many shots and it scares me, but uh, you're out-shooting a Rangers army uh, uh, with Aragorn and so on, so you've done a, done a cracking job and well played. And good luck in the rest of the tournament. Thank you. Cheers. So game three, uh, we were playing, not capture and control, domination. Uh, and I was facing up against Barney Menzies, the, uh, the TO for the tournament, the organiser. And so first, though, before we have a bit of a chat about our game, um, I just, uh, just wanted to get, give us an idea a bit about the tournament, the, the ethos behind it. Because I know you've sort of, uh, you've determined to do a sort of more themey tournament than yeah, usual. Yeah, so after I went to Seven Stones this year and had an absolute blast dressing up as a pirate and being really silly with a really silly army... I thought, why aren't there more events in the calendar like this? So I thought, oh, I don't know what, I'm just going to make one. Um, so I put something together. I was like, well, how can I theme it? Uh, rings, rings are good. Books about rings. Uh, <laughs> so I'd sort of jam some custom scenarios together about rings. So we've got some with three rings, some with seven rings, some with nine rings. Um, 
and then just encouraged people through the list building restrictions to bring, bring things that were sort of true to the books, true to the film. Um, if it wasn't that, then I was making people play just one army from one faction, so mm-hmm. that because it's very hard to make something horrible and filthy from one one section. Yeah. So, so, so we're kind of going theme. So my, my kind of list. I mean, I, my I went with the ethos of um, there's a moment in the the books in particular where the Rangers and Halbarad and I think the twins are there as well. They go through the mountains and they they hear a, the sound of the the King of the Dead. So that's that was the the, the theme behind mine. But and um, you see loads of lovely themes. We got uh, some dressed up as uh, Robin Hood over there as well. So you know it's, it's a lovely theme. Lovely to see all these things. But also the missions are really interesting. I, I think I I was really excited to play this uh, tournament because you've like you say, you customise some of the scenarios, like seize the prize rather than one prize, you've gone for three. Yeah. And so these actually have kind of balanced out some of the scenarios in some ways. Yes, no, it's the, the idea was because I wanted to encourage people to take a breadth of armies, um, I fiddled about with some of the scenarios to make them, one, a bit sort of just something different for people to play, and then also to uh, kind of try and balance the tournament out a bit so that if you brought a horde of fun stuff, then that would be fine. But also if you brought like the fellowship, then you'd also have a chance to win. Um, which is why it's all set scenarios rather than random because random scenarios tend to like favour end up favouring one person's tournament experience but not necessarily everyone's Mm. and when you have fixed ones as well it makes it really easy to go well here are the scenarios here's what you're playing with um, so build your theme around that maybe as well so you're not going to have a horrible time getting Lords of Battle with your 100 Goblin Town models. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and you see some people like, like you know, um, uh, Jasmine's bought a, an Urukai Scout Army, for example. You know, fast-moving stuff. So there's quite a lot of objective-based games, but yes. which, which, again, like you say, objectives... Um, if, if you've got a small army that's fast-moving, it can be... It can still yes. achieve. Yeah, you yeah, know, we, we wanted to... I, I, like, I love the objective games. Um, I think, for me, at least, I think Middle-Earth is best played with interesting objective scenarios with lots of terrain on the board mm. so that's kind of what I I went oh, that's what I like to play so hopefully everyone else likes playing and people seem to be enjoying it so that's great well I know I am and the first game the terrain made a massive difference because I, I was playing against Rohan with a recon and, and I just couldn't get a shot off because there were so many hobbit holes in the way and stuff and, and I love it when those sort of things happen even if it was slightly against me <laughs> in that one but uh, that's fine playing Rohan in recon with nine model army is always going to go badly anyway so um, but yeah fantastic um, ethos behind the tournament let's head over to the table so, at the table, um, you've brought, uh, your, you mentioned your pirates and the Kraken. Uh, so yes. just give us an idea of what your army is. Uh, so the theme that I built this army around was when the three hunters and the King of the Dead storm the pirate ships, the Corsair ships, in The Return of the King, uh, I thought it would be really funny if rather than just killing all the Corsairs on board, they kind of got dressed up in costume and convinced them that they were in charge. So the army is uh, the three hunters dressed as pirates and then some uh, warriors of the dead in pirate outfits being reavers and then the rest of the army is just normal Corsairs. So it's an evil army with some good models in it. Um, And then the final piece of the sort of theme to bring it all together was the watcher in the water playing the role of the kraken yes. in the ocean <laughs> releasing the kraken which is uh, uh, always great fun as well so um, first of all when, when we so we're playing uh, a domination as we mentioned earlier um, when you came up against the uh, my army with the rangers and stuff did you fancy your chances yeah I think you, you had the issue of having not so many models which is obviously going to make domination a little bit more difficult for you mm. um, I was however worried that if you were quick out the gates with your sort of heavy hitting heroes and started munching through a bunch of my pirates I might not be able to bring my numbers to bear quick enough to actually start winning the scenario um, 
and I thought I might get tipped at. I obviously put, brought my um, Watch in the Water on next to the King of the Dead, completely forgetting that he could steal his soul, <laughs> um, which would have been absolutely disastrous had it happened. Yeah, well, and, and luckily for, for the Watcher, it didn't quite happen because you, you got the right people in the right place and uh, managed to prevent a heroic combat. Um, how, do you think I played it badly because I, I there's a few things I thought damn I wish I'd done this I wish I'd done that I managed to get Aragorn stuck on the wrong place he didn't get in and I didn't call any heroic combats in the first game which I should have done um, I, I think I was just having too much fun playing pirates yeah I think I think the main thing that you probably did wrong was you had your two cavalry heroes and they sat and didn't really do anything other than once the watch in the water came up he came and went well you guys need to fight me because I'm the watch in the water and you're the only guys that can really fight me and if you'd have got stuck in a little bit earlier while I was umming and ahhing about when to bring him on I think they probably could have done enough damage to maybe swing the tide in your favour mm. a little bit and mean that your normal rangers weren't getting swamped as much yeah. by the pirates yeah because those normal rangers even though they've got two attacks and strength four they, they go down pretty quickly yes. you know only one and a half wounds essentially aren't they so uh, and I kept rolling ones and twos for the fate rather than threes but anyway um, yeah I, th- I think my Aragorn was there was because there was this fence that I'd kind of castled up behind took a lot of shots in the first couple of turns took out some of your um, uh, Arbalesters Arbalesters that's it um, and um, then they, they got trapped behind that fence which was a bad move so that when the King of the, the, the big old monster arrived it, it pinned me on the other side the Aragorn couldn't get stuck in and kind of needed to chop down the uh, watcher and he did take three turns but he did get, the, get there yeah. pretty much in the end um, but sadly by that point you chopped through all the rangers and there was only the King of the Dead and uh, Halbarad left in the end which was 25% and yeah, game that was it and quite a decisive game with all the obje- objectives going your way but um, I enjoyed the game Barney yes, and no, uh, really well played and I really like the, the um, I mean I've, we've spoken about this in a previous pe- episode of Entmoon actually this specific army but a uh, lovely uh, lovely theme a lovely paint job and um, I, I just like the idea with lots of pirates painted up with funny names like I think my, my favourite one was Pifa the name of, of, of one of these pirates uh, which I didn't get earlier but what was it it's, it's Pifa Pifa Pirate <sighs> it's just awful but thanks for the game party <laughs> cheers. cheers so game four of the kings of men and are playing a seize the prize variant uh, which is called the elven rings where the prizes there are three of them and for each prize uh, a person is holding you get a sort of special fury save on a six plus but it adds a little bit of variety for the uh, for the uh, mission because you've got three prizes to find I was playing against Andy and Andy just walk me through your army list what, what have you got in your goblin horde of monster gribblies I've got uh, a Moria horde I've got uh, two goblin captains as heroes a shaman and a cave drake uh, two cave trolls a bat swarm a warg marauder and just loads of goblins. Loads and loads of goblins. So I think it was, what, 50 or something in the end? 40 goblin, 40 models. 40 models plus three massive monsters a ca- uh, and a bat swarm. So, first of all, when you saw my army, what did you think? Uh, did you fancy your chances against Aragorn and the Ranger friends? No. Um, <laughs> I saw Aragorn and I knew that would be a lot of problem, especially in the late game because of the might coming back again and again. Um, and of course the King of the Dead uh, could one-shot my monsters. And sadly he did a couple of times. <laughs> yes, he did. So the King of the Dead, apart from killing a whole bunch of goblins, killed the Cave Drake in the second or third turn and a Cave Troll. Yeah, he was absolutely uh, uh, beasting it. He really was. I mean, there, there was a first turn that you took a charge with the cave drake, and you know, uh, you going 
aiming for the, the central prize in you know, a board that had quite a lot of sort of odd little bits of terrain that, that got in the way a little. Um, and you charged in with that cave joke, you know, thinking, well, you know, it's kind of a 50-50 roll. If you, you've got four dice to win the fight, I can strike up with the Herald um, thing. So I had that. And I think that really did it, wasn't it? The, that I could strike with the Herald and, and manage to get the six and win the fight and do him in one, which was scary. <laughs> Yeah, because he's got monstrous charge, he would have knocked you down if he could, if he wins. So that was uh, one of the few things I could have done against King mm. of the Dead, but it was risky. It was risky indeed. And yeah, the, the, just it's horrible because I was wounding against his courage, of course, because he's a. So, so I was only wounding on fours or something like that, wasn't courage it? Courage four. Yeah. Okay. So, so he went down in the second turn, as you say. And But there was a lot of. There was a lot of Squeaky moments because there was a. I, I spent about three might with uh, no four might with Halbarad and Aragorn to take down one of the other cave trolls. Spent a lot of time uh, trying to get rid of the bat swarm as well because I knew that was going to cause an awful lot of issue. Um, but Aragorn managed to take down the bat swarm after a few fights. But in general, I think yeah, it was a, it was an interesting matchup. But the look kept swinging. I had some really really good rolls early on. I mean, taking down the cave drake in one go early on, where before he even do anything, was very lucky. There's a period in the middle where I felt like. Ah, my Aragorn and Halberad had taken so much damage. Um, Aragorn lost his horse and all the things that after a particularly bad couple of turns of combat. But thankfully, they managed to survive. Um, so I'm just intrigued. Do you think there's any uh, way that you would want to play this differently now? Uh, now you've played it. I might have fed the King of the Dead some goblins to begin with, just to weaken him. But again, the objective, he was right up against the objective. So if he'd gotten that, he could easily have just walked off the board and there wouldn't have been anything I could do about it. I think that was the thing. Like, I, I don't know whether even feeding the King of the Dead uh, people, I don't know, at least, it, at least it means the Cave Drake could then chomp through some of the rangers, I guess. So I think that might have been, might have been the way. Because Halbarad is very um, vulnerable to being killed. All it takes is one turn and he's gone. Um, so maybe that would have worked, but I think the way the scenery was placed, your cave drake was going through a, a big gap, but my rangers and Aragorn were sort of hiding um, amongst all these sort of big uh, blocks for a big monster like him. So I think you were kind of you were str- you're going to struggle anyway to get into them because of that. Um, do, do, you, do you think there's anything differently that I should have done to perhaps stop you from getting one of the objectives that you did get off in the end? It's a toss-up. You could have put something because I was going off the far end, but then that would have weakened your centre. So I think you took a decision which you couldn't have avoided, really, if you wanted to win in the centre, which you end up doing. Mm. I think, yeah, that's it. With the three prizes, I knew if I get two of those prizes, I've got a good chance. You get the five VPs for... Uh, in this scenario for taking off uh, any objectives off the board so I knew you'd probably get a good five solid five with that but if I got the other two that would be giving me a ten, 10 lead and then that gives me the massive advantage so I think yeah I, I went with that idea assuming that I would probably be able to hold it as long as I kept everything together um, and I was right to an extent although with only three or four models left although the King of the Dead did, was an absolute champion um, I was struggling I was losing ranges here there and everywhere and uh, one more turn and I think Aragorn would have gone down he's only got one uh, two wounds left and no fate so uh, no horse so he was he was struggling but really interesting game really tough game actually I thought I, I don't know whether you were, were you were you stretched tactically yes I was um, it was quite difficult in the centre with all the rangers there because they've got the fate and the might so you have to grind a lot mm. before you see any any improvement uh, take any of them down 
I think you struggled in this one against fight value disadvantage as well. So you were losing on fight value. I had the banner, and then everyone had two attacks. So your spear supports weren't really helping you that much either. So it just it, it, you're kind of relying on. Well, I I need to not get a six essentially and and quite a lot of the time I did I did get that and even then then you still had to win on five so it was it was it was a tough it was a tough ask for the goblins and I think once they'd taken out those two cave trolls and the drake uh, and the bat swarm in particular I think I, I was quite proud to have nailed those down relatively early um, because I knew they were going to cause me problems and after that it was just a matter of churning through those gobbos but uh, Andy great game uh, uh, 13-7 win to me um, because of the two uh, objectives but cracking game and really well done yeah, thank you Harry good looking at the rest of the tournament cheers. cheers so end of day one I'm pretty proud of myself actually two wins and two losses you know what I, I can take that nine models I mean the recon loss was annoying because uh, George played it really well I mean he played it exactly how you would play that game if you wanted to win um, so he was he played it uh, it didn't give me much of a game in terms of actually getting fights off but you know what I enjoyed it and I didn't uh, I didn't hold it against him in any way shape or form so uh, uh, well done to George for that game so that was a loss there but actually you know what? I was proud to claw out two victories over the day but end of day one uh, off to the pub um, and then uh, some dinner and all that gubbins play some other types of games board games and stuff um, but then uh, also were issued some uh, special awards um, for uh, various theme um, all that sort of stuff so anyone who had a particularly thematic army or a particularly well painted army or, or had really gone for the theme uh, costumes and all this sort of stuff um, they got a special rule for day two. Um, so uh, there were a few awarded, which were pretty cool uh, awards. Some, for example, giving your hero a four plus armor save. Some giving them a, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm sure there was something about someone having re-rolled to wound, something like that. So lots of uh, lots of different things just to award people who'd taken sort of hits, as it were, for uh, thematicness. Um, so yeah, uh, so that's good. So they're getting all those awards, and then off into day two, three more games to play. Uh, very excited. So uh, let's hopefully, I'm I'm hoping to make it five to two, but let's be honest, I don't think that's going to happen with this army. So on to day two. So it's game five out of seven of uh, the Kings of Men, and uh, we're playing a game of Heirlooms of Ages Past with a slight variant. Uh, these are all dwarven rings that uh, we're collecting, so there's seven rather than uh, the usual number of five, and they're also heavy items, and I was playing against Kalman. And Kalman, could you just uh, summarise your army list first of all? It's the breaking of the fellowship from Amon Hen. So you've got the whole, whole Fellowship minus Gandalf yep. and all the correct war gear, I note. Yep, all Elven Cloak, um, no Anduril, yeah. uh, what it is in the movie. Exactly. And first of all, I just want to say, you've also put a massive amount of effort into your display board, the objectives. You've got a beautiful, beautiful army, and it, a testament to the, the, the hobbying skill here. I think I'm, I'm just, it's, it's amazing to play against a, a, oh, such a beautiful you. army as, as the Fellowship of the Ring um, in this card. Um, how long did it take you to put together all the display board and everything? Because you've got a whole Amon's hen scene with the boat and um, Frodo sat by the boat and Sam in it and all that sort of stuff. How much time did it take to do it? On and off, because I, I didn't just hammer it, but about two months on and off. Yeah. But with a bit of distractions in the middle. Yeah, of course. And and you've got the, the lurts painted as well as your objective, so and the hobbit hobbits uh, being carried by the Uryx and everything. So fantastic. And so first of all, the game, and um, obviously you're against a nine model army, you've got an eight model army. Elium <laughs> of Ages passed, we're probably thinking, oh actually this isn't a terrible matchup for this this scenario. Uh, what were you thinking when you saw my army? How did you rate your chances? 
Oh, I don't know. I'd say it was, yeah, pretty confident, but due to we've both got low model count. If I was going up against, like, the Hobbit Horde or something, mm. then I would have been screwed. But Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think the fact that because it, it's um, random deployment as well, I've got nine warbands, you've got one big yes. warband. And they, Yeah, your warbands didn't really come on together, did they? They really were in every corner of the board. So it, the game started off really well for me. Um, especially with that move with Halberad and the King of the Dead, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, let's let's get straight into it. So the King of the Dead and Aragorn and uh, eventually the Herald turned up in one corner of the battlefield yeah. and had about two rangers in each other corner of the <laughs> battlefield. Yeah. Uh, Halberad joining them, um, eventually sort of scouted into the middle where uh, what, there were two objectives basically um, that were going to be uh, end up being the heirloom. Yeah. Uh, one in the middle that. Aragorn, my Aragorn was near and your Aragorn was sort of skirting towards but there was a big move fairly early on as you say with Halbarad and, uh, and the King of the Dead and, and the Herald and Aragorn just just walk us through what happened there because I made a big mistake Yes, so um, I think we had an Aragorn off quite early on didn't we mm-hmm. and then Halbarad came swinging in charged my Aragorn to help out your Aragorn but forgot to call a strike yeah, annoyingly, I was going to call strike, and I was like, oh no, I've got Aragorn in the fight, but not, didn't just miscalculate the distances that, and you had the free heroic combat with Sam, so it was all like, okay, yeah. you, you've sent in Boromir, Gimli, and Sam as well. It into Helbrad, yeah, and uh, took him off his horse. Yeah, took him. Him. So killed him in yeah, one go. I think it was Gimli, didn't he? Just completely demolished him. I think it was three, four wounds in one go, and I still, I'm looking down at my, uh, my tally, I've still got three might, two w- yeah. will, and one fate on Halbrad. But it, it did almost not pay off because obviously with your King of the Dead you got a six and the highest I got with my how many attacks? six, se- seven attacks was a three. Yes. And I had to use three might with Boromir just to get it to a six. But it was worth it because you took out the King of the Dead in one go then Halbarad in the same go. Uh, yeah. So it was that was a massive swing and, I, and to be honest at that point I thought oh that's it I've lost the game. Yeah. My Aragorn had got pinned down even though he's on a horse um, he didn't get a charge uh, once with a horse so I'd no, never, no. Got, never got a chance to do so, it. Yeah you were very unlucky never want to roll off yeah. Never won a priority. <laughs> None of the strikes went my way either. So no, I got, really I, I got the one strike that we got. Uh, that I, I didn't, I don't think I got a six in that combat. So I was thinking, I've got Andrewil. You haven't. Yeah. So I've got the upper hand. But you won one. Did one wound with Andrewil. But because I've got that fancy ring. Oh yes, we got a, a fury. The the uh, tournament awards a, a f- special um, rules to uh, people who brought particularly thematic and interesting, uh, interesting alliances and armies. And yours is the Ring of the Lich. Just give us the rule of that one. The, the, this ring bearer gains a four plus fury save. This save may not be used against wounds caused by. Uh, oh, Alvin made oh. weapons. Okay, okay well yeah. you wouldn't have got you wouldn't <laughs> yes. have got that wound. Either way, it didn't make a difference. So actually, I did wound your leader in the end. Um, yeah, you've got free fight. You'll be fine. Um, but either way, um, what ha- just walk us through what happened next? Because I, I was pretty confident I was going to lose. Yeah. And I think you made one mistake in the entire game, which basically cost you the game. It was yes. that getting that objective. It was, yeah, I just thought I'd run for Gollum. Which was the central you, objective. Yeah, see if that. And then, yeah, it left one just out of the way of my fellowship. I thought Merry and Pippa would get there in a few turns, but obviously, yeah... The, I think it was Gimli killing the Herald too quickly as well. Yeah. I thought if I go three attacks, I need sixes to kill. You're not going to happen. And then there's the double six. six. And it's like, oh, great. There we go. So what was left with the Herald? I had a few rangers left. Um, so I decided I'm going to send in my rangers to the stuff that's likely to kill me. Aragorn. Uh, I sent the Herald into Gimli and one ranger into two hobbits. Uh, one ranger into Legolas. So I was hoping that I'd lose at least two rangers out of all those four, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. It, Although, it was, actually, it was the herald, was the herald that, yeah. that, that died, So, which which quartered me in uh, from from down from five models to two in um, about two turns. But I was 
lucky enough to win the one combat that I really needed to win, which is the, the Ranger, which still had a point of might left yes. um, against Legolas. So he survived that combat and was left with the objective yeah. when I'd been quartered. So yes, I ended up was. winning narrowly. Had, six, I mean, it was 6-4 four, six. Six, four in the end. Uh, so, I mean, did, did, did you see that coming? No. Uh, yeah, in the last turn, I realised. I looked at late. your model count and went, oh... And that, you that's saw why, what I was doing. Yeah, that's yeah. why Boromir decided not to charge in and run away. And because there was, a, I had a choice. Lazy Eye, one of my uh, rangers, had a ch- choice to spend a point of fate, and I was like, nope, nope not going to nope. do that. He's just going to die. <laughs> He's going to die, and that will pretty much give me an extra chance of breaking. But either way, Calman, a fantastic army to play against, and um, beautifully beautiful looking. But also, it's great. It's always fun to play against a fellowship. And it's an in- with the new rules and all the little uh, tweaks that Jay's added, they're, yeah, they're very interesting to play now. Yeah, they're not as a. Uh, just a bunch of heroes now because they all interact and they have this like the Gimli and the Legolas special rule is yeah. my favourite by far I think my favourite is the Sam's heroic combat because you just get free heroic combats and if Frodo's in combat within yeah, if, six if he's yeah. nearby but it's so useful because you, you've got this chance of sending even though Sam has to move towards Frodo you've got you can send everyone else off somewhere else which yeah, is they so don't, they don't have to go in. They, yeah. they can go do what they want it's, it's, I haven't played with it yet as a, a proper army for the new edition but uh, I, I definitely want to want to bring, bring it back but either way fantastic game Cameron and good luck for the rest of the tournament and you Harry thank you very much cheers so that's game number six a penultimate game of the Kings of Men tournament uh, playing scenario four the Lords of Battle uh, no modifiers no changes for this scenario for this one but I was playing up against Aaron uh, who you brought a, a thematic uh, Rohan list because uh, it's the thematic tournament. Just give us a run through what your uh, what your army is and, and what heroes you got and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so usually when you see Rohan, you see Theoden, Gamling, a lot of heroes. I didn't want to do that. So being thematic, I thought I'd bring Elfhelm, Captain of the Eastmark, Erkenbrand, Captain of the Westmark, and Aelmer, Marshal of the Riddermark, to tie them all together. Um, it's not performed as well as I'd hope, given that it's not a competitive list, but... I thoroughly enjoyed the weekend. I think it's been fantastic. Well, and I think, it's, like you say, it's in, you never see this kind of army. And even I noticed the, the one banner that's on the field isn't, isn't Gambling's banner, which is kind of nice to see, actually. Um, and, and you've got a nice, lovely uh, paint jobs on all of them, and you've got the thematic coloured shields that match with each hero and all that sort of stuff. So uh, it looks really nice. And um, when you saw my army on the field, nine models, you know, rangers and all that sort of stuff, uh, with all these nasty heroes, what, what did you think? Did you fancy your chances against it? Um, given I'm full cavalry, I wouldn't have minded it being like your majority infantry. However, seeing that you put yourself behind a barrier and sat there for the game, I don't get my charge bonuses against barriers, mm. so it was a struggle to get my guys around the barrier and get into close combat with you to get the charge bonuses. Yeah, I think I, I really castled up there. There's, there's literally there's lovely homesteads, Rohan homesteads and a tower in the distance, but I chose literally a corner, a triangle of two six-inch long barriers, and I castled my entire army up, which I can because there's nine models, uh, in, into that and fired some arrows, took a few horses out in the first couple of turns, and then just waited, really, uh, for you to arrive. And then, like you say, those the lack of charge bonuses has really affected you, I think, because it took away that big advantage that you've got throughout the game. Yeah, and on top of that, without the Theoden, I don't get the plus one fight, so I'm fight-free across the board, so... Yeah, there's a good chance I'm not going to win many of those fights against you. Yeah, because even against um, my ranges, normally you at least having a, a, a coin flip over to who, who won. But um, in terms of the the way you played it, do you think that, that we'll go into the detail about what sort of happened in a second? But do you think there's anything you sh- you could have done or should have done differently? Um, I'm not too sure. I'm quite new to the competitive scene. This is my first tournament. I've not played much with the army, so I haven't yet fully grasped how to play them properly. Mm. 
in this instance, I'm... I'm not sure. Maybe I should have sat back a bit and threw more spears. And just hope to take down a couple of your rangers that way. But... It is what it is. Yeah. I, I think you, you might be right there. You might be t touching on it because you've got a lot more bows than me. When you said early on in the game that um, you, you didn't fancy chances in a shooting war, but I think you've got like 30 or something, 22 bows, uh, some some uh, spears as well. I've only got six and pretty squishy, those rangers. I think if you had hung around and yeah. shot them, wounding you'd have... Wounding on sixes. Wounding yeah. on sixes. Yeah, I mean, there's tough shots, but... All you need to do is get two rangers down, and then suddenly I've got very little. Uh, and my rangers against your guys in combat uh, are pretty good. So I, that's probably what I'd have done. But I think early on in the game, you, you, you sort of had thematically set them up with your... Uh, yeah. The wardens of the east and the, and the west, and uh, the Riddermark going centrally uh, and east and west, uh, respectively. You kind, kind of ended up boxing your heroes in, I think, from the fear of being shot. Yes. But people like Aemir... W took about three or four turns to actually get into combat and I think that gave me the upper hand in terms of getting Aragorn and Halbarad and the King of Dead churning through some of your troops thinning out the lines so that the heroes actually arrived a little bit too late to the party yeah I do find that I'm quite slow to bring my heroes in mm. I kind of protect them a bit and putting Aylmer at the back because I didn't want with your heroic accuracies I didn't want Aylmer to get shot off his horse straight away mm. so hence why I put him at the back of the squad um, so yeah in future games I will be getting heroes at the front of the front of the line I think yeah but, I mean there's, there is there's always the risk isn't there but with a defence 5 horse against strength 2 bows I'm still wounding the horse on 5s uh, or 6s sorry um, and then I'm wounding him himself on 6s so I think actually you could probably you could probably risk it yeah. um, especially with so few bow, bow shots and all the in the ways that are happening to maybe one guy in front but and um, because once you've got your uh, AMR in there, I'd, I'd have thought you'd have churned your way to victory um, by going through those rangers. And as soon as I lose all the rangers, I've got very little stuff to bring to bear. But um, it's really interesting uh, that you, you kind of curled around with um, uh, a couple of times. I think this barrier really, I, I guess it just maybe it, did it. Do you think it kind of confuses? Confu not, I don't think confuse the right word, but uh, got in the way of where you wanted to be. So therefore, made, just made you get that extra decisions that you just couldn't quite work out where to send people. Yeah, massively. The barriers really did it for you as well. And with the there's a bit of a linchpin between the house and the barriers, so I struggled to get all my horses through there. Um, so yeah, I was very restricted in my movement. And another thing for you is King of the Dead, one shot in Urkenbrand, which is quite nice. And given that he's my horn, as soon as he's gone, everyone's like dropping like flies when I got broken. Yeah, because he was the closest. I was on the uh, the right-hand side and Urkenbrand deployed on the same side. So I think, right, okay, shot his horse out from him early on. Got, uh, got him in combat, surrounded him a bit, and, and drained his soul. And I think, I think that probably was a big deal because as soon as the, the you broke, the harbinger of evil just was so horrible to, to your poor old Rohan guys. They're all running, fleeing very quickly. But it, it, it's a testament to the, the strength of the heroes, though. That Aemir and um, Elfhelm were the last two standing, and it was getting pretty close. In a couple of combats, you chopped Aragorn's horse out from underneath him with Aemir. But I think. Ultimately, what, what it came down to was I've got free, free might, so I can be calling that strike. So I, I took it from there. But it was a really interesting game, and it played right down to the wire, down to 5-1 in the end to me, um, just because I just about almost doubled you, but not quite doubled you in terms of kill points by one point, one point off. Um, but I managed to get the wound on the uh, leader, and you broke me. So, um, Aaron, really fantastic game. And like you say, if you're... Uh, Considering you say you're new to this, you played it really well. Just a couple of little minor errors of maybe making the maximising the potential of the heroes. So there was a heroic combat you called where you couldn't quite fit the. You, 
moved everyone around and blocked yourself in and called a heroic combat and I kind of advised against it <laughs> subtly saying are you sure you want to call that but yeah you'll, I'm sure you won't do that one again yeah no I was attempting to make a wall to prevent Aragorn getting round to Emma, which then in turn blocked Emma from getting his combat off mm. so it was a bit stupid but Yep, we live and learn. You live and learn. Well, Aaron, fantastic game. Well, well played, and uh, hopefully you enjoy the rest of your game and enjoy tournaments in general. Pleasure. Yep, thank Cheers. you very much. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Thank you. So the final game of the uh, Rings of Men. It was a final matchup, uh, round seven, and it was a slight variant of capture and control, where there were not not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but nine objectives. And I was against Aaron Pullen and your fabulous army. Uh, just Aaron, just give us a. Give us a taste of what we have uh, on the table here, because I think we played before and it went similarly, I'd have thought. (laughs) Yes, we have played before. Um, Like I say, the Spider Army is led by just one hero, um, and then she gets obviously a ton of spiders to support her. Um, Having lack of might and fate, um, I normally think this army is going to struggle, but uh, we do have the odd few games here there. It pulls through. You don't actually need the might. yeah, and in this one you definitely didn't. So you've got the Spider Queen with uh, uh, how many Merkwood spiders? Is it four? Uh, four, Mer- four Merkwood spiders in this list, yeah. Four Merkwood spiders, three bats, a fell wag somewhere, but the rest of it's made up of giant spiders. And that is a lot of two attack models, strength five two attack models with fight four. And I've not really got a lot to do about that. I mean, I can kill a few, and I did. I think I killed about six or something like that, including a set of bats, a couple of Merkwood spiders. But um, just your weight of numbers and those bats, they just, they just kill me, basically. Yeah, that's it. Like you said, the weight of numbers, the bats getting into your heroes, having that half fight is... You just can't compete having the half fight against your fight four spiders. They'll soon chew through you. Having strength five and re-rolling the ones, it's a, quite a nasty combo. Yeah, it was pretty devastating for me. And I... I, I I think there were a couple of things that didn't go my way, but ultimately I think I was probably staving off the inevitable even if I did win those things. I tried, I did some cheeky moves with the King of the Dead, which worked really well. Um, I did a couple of heroic combats, drained the soul of a bats, drained the soul of someone else, uh, and Aragorn moved and sort of did a chain of heroic combats, which is the first time I pulled off one of those chains of heroic combats, which I was really proud of, but um, the second time I tried it, it didn't work, and uh, uh, the Spider Queen ate nom-nommed on a, a King of the Dead, which pretty much gave me uh, nothing, nothing left to really do the, the big damage, I suppose, other than Aragorn, and he was surrounded by bats. Yeah, that's it. Um, like you say, the first time with your chain of um, heroic combats was very good. Um, I always loved seeing that. Uh, pulled it off the first time, but he was unlucky on the second. Obviously, the Spider Queen winning the fight on that one, and that might have cost you a fair bit. Uh, yeah, I think that cost me the game because I, um, I think I got struck up to above your fight value, but um, with only two dice and one banner reroll, I only managed to get a three high. So it, it was inevitable on your charge. So I, I think after that but like I say I think I was just saving off the inevitable because with nine objective variant even though each one was only worth one victory point I've only got nine models in my army and you've got 20 something guys that move 10 inches so like I say I think I'd have struggled to even get a few victory points I'd have been proud if I'd gotten three there <laughs> but yeah it was a 12 mil decisive victory And but it's worth noting um, your army uh, has, is absolutely glorious I've mentioned it before and I'll put some pictures up on uh, the Facebook page because you, you clearly spent an awful awful lot of time building up this arm and you've added more spiders since when I spoke to you and you've done glorious um, glorious conversions for the objective markers one that's 
Uh, the newest spider is fantastic. The Merkel spider in a big cage dangling off a tree with a spider on top, a uh, snake on top. What is, is that the main thing for you, the hobbying element of it? Oh, it is, I reckon, yes. I like to create things where people haven't seen before and just their... I don't know, the reaction when they see my army, it's like, oh, that's different. Uh, you know, I like the hobbying aspect of it, but also yeah. the gaming as well. Well, I mean, you've got something that clearly it, re it rewards your uh, creativity in terms of, you know, having spiders dangling off trees and coming out of uh, coming out of the ground and off rocks and stuff like that. But also, it seems to be blisteringly good every time I've played you anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, well, the rest of your games, I'm guessing because we're sort of mid-ranking in the tournament at the moment that some go uh, badly and some go well. So I'm intrigued. And um, What sort of armies have you matched up with that have um, you know, not gone so well? Because I, I find it incredibly difficult to play every time i played it. So one army that beat me to a pulp, and that was the last game, was uh, all uh, Rohan. Um, having them having the movement 10, same as me, and of course they have about 12 might with the gambling with his banner. I just couldn't compete. Me with a three might, he's always getting the charge. It was a, a downfall fight on that. Mm. Um, and, and I suppose they also have bows and things like that, so they can, with the 10 inch move, they can move away and still get some shots off and all that sort of stuff. Whereas I only got like three or four shots in the end, really. That's it. If I go up against an army with bows, it always puts the pressure on me. I need to get into the combat ASAP just because they're defense three. Um, but on the other hand, if you don't have bows or very limited bows, it gives me the opportunity to surround position, then all spiders going at the same time and do the work. Yeah, and with those bats hovering over the top, going for key heroes, it's it's pretty pretty nasty for big hero armies like mine, which is entirely heroes. And you know, if you're neutralising Halbarad's power, he's dead. They lose the banner, lose the fearless, lose everything, and then Aragorn, even though he's got Andrew. He can't really do much if he's only fight three and a half when I strike up to seven. So it's uh, it's pretty pretty tough to face. But Aaron, it's a pleasure to play you and pleasure to play this army again. And I hope the weekend's been good. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, I have. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, very nice venue. Um, enjoyed the weekend. Uh, yeah, couldn't have gone any better for me. So Rings of Men, the final uh, tally has been uh, tallied up and um, I am very proud to have won the most sporting uh, vote which is uh, always a nice thing to achieve after the Seven Stones one as well. This is going on my shelf of, uh, of sporting awards which is a delight but uh, the podium goes to a very much deserving uh, Jasmine Tetley because second time you've been on the podcast as a winner? Uh, as a winner, yes. So, so fantastic and many times you're like a veteran by this point having played... Uh, having played doubles with me and uh, played against me a couple of times and also this. So, um, first of all, um, the tournament obviously is a thematic tournament. Uh, the idea is around theme rather than filth. Uh, Jasmine, what was your army and um, what was the theme? So my army was the Urukai Scouts, uh, based at Ambush uh, at Amon Hen. Um, so I had Lertz as the general, uh, then I had Frasku, uh, Mauha with a full band of marauders with bows, uh, two banners in there and an Urukai drummer. And of course, a lovely display board as well. Uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> With the PVA glue just still just setting, but that's okay because that, that's what all these things about is the um, building up a theme as well and, and building something with it. It's 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 
great that you've, you've done that as well. So uh, I learned a lot anyway, so I've not really made display boards before, so it was nice to try something new, and like you said about the PVA glue, I know that it takes a little bit longer to dry now, but <laughs> that's all part of the fun. Absolutely, it is part of the fun, and it is, I, I find it, enjoy in fact, recently I've been building a lot more terrain and, and converting a lot more models, and I've found, actually, I've enjoyed that a lot more than painting recently, so um, I need to get back to painting. But anyway, um, about your list, uh, so... Um, what what did you find that worked so well about the Urukai Scouts? Because you've gone seven games undefeated, which is quite an achievement. Uh, it's just the movement speed, really. So when you've got the drum, um, your bows with the marauders move 11 inches, uh, and then you can march on top of that if you want, move 14, and you can still move as much as many other armies and still shoot. So, yeah, it's just that ability just to like capture one objective and just go straight on to the next. And, and imagine that, you know, since the rules uh, improved, you've got Lurts that's a bit more of a powerhouse and you've got um, the, yep, jet base, well, basically Lurts being a bit more of a powerhouse as well. The woodland creature is the other thing I was going to mention. So, so there's n- almost nothing that's slowing you down and you've still got some pretty big hitters that uh, Lurts can move pretty fast now. So almost cavalry speed and still strength five. Uh, Lurts helps definitely, but he didn't actually do as much as you think he would uh, this tournament. So the bigger thing comes from, one, the drummer, putting him in the right place to ensure that you can um, get round the sides because you don't have any spear supports. Um, And then also the other big thing is that you get the army bonus for the don't take encourage tests when you're broken Mm. until 66%. And that's really important when you're going and grabbing those objectives with one lone warrior, not having to take those courage tests until right at the end is really helpful. Is that the strategy when you're, that you're only often sending one Uruk to to an objective that's sort of far flung? Yeah, um, so the bows, uh, because they're the ones that move faster, you might send them round in maybe one or two and they'll literally get to an objective, either take that objective, go on to the next one if they need to, and even if they get to one and they don't need to go anywhere else, they can just stand and shoot, basically. And how many models have you got in the army? Because you mentioned that, I was going to ask about the the lack of spear supports. Um, How many models you've got? Is it it actually easy to get those traps uh, for those winning moves very often? Uh, So it's 42 models. So that's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. You don't necessarily get lots of traps, but the important thing is to make sure you're not behind a rank and you're not contributing. So as long as you're getting models round, making it one-on-ones as much as you can, um, that's the important thing. Yeah, because with Urukai, you know, you've got the high defence and you've got the high strength and you've got a decent fight value. So you, I guess one-on-ones, you're looking at winning a lot of time and when you do win, you're killing and when you don't win, you're, you know, relatively safe. The fight value helps, but don't forget they're scouts. So oh, yes, yeah, so a little lower defence. My bows are only defence four and the guys with shields are only defence five. So you definitely uh, take a lot of casualties, but you just play the army um, whereby you take the objectives at, w- at all costs basically and, and I suppose with 42 if you're trying to work out the a third of that you've got to be somewhere around the 16 mark is it before you're actually taking courage checks yeah I think they need to kill 28 models in your army so it's not an easy thing to do yeah. and so you mentioned earlier that Lurtz didn't do much of the heavy lifting Vrasku did he ma- ma- do much or was it was it pretty much the troops doing the legwork in this army uh, Vrasku is very handy because um, He's just a pain. You just put him at the back with his crossbow with two shots. You can just shoot into combat, snipe horses. Um, so he had his good moments. He also had his bad moments, like double one when he heroic accuracies. Not always helpful. Mm. Um, but he's a constant threat. Um, and Malher is 
He's really good because he's three attacks. And um, he brings the eight-inch move as well, of course. He brings the, so he's eight-inch move himself, so he can literally slingshot into stuff, go in, take some warriors with him, heroic combat, and they all just move on again. Mm. And fight five with three attacks, strength five. Yeah, he's awesome. So uh, this is because you've been uh, scouting through various different, uh, excuse the pun, uh, scouting through various different armies for this edition, um, and you haven't quite settled on anything that you're you're wanting to take often. Is that is that an idea for for this edition for you that you want to stick with? Um, changing up things or are you settling on anything yet as, you, as being something that you want to take regularly uh, I just like playing different things as well so I'd, I think I'd get bored playing the same thing over and over mm. again but then sometimes it's just sitting down looking at the tournament like if there's theme involved um, looking at the scenarios looking at the points limit like mm. I don't think scouts would work particularly well at high points but five six hundred they seem to work well mm. so yeah but I just I think I'm playing something like seven different armies and seven different tournaments. So. Yeah. Well, and, and it, I, I always think that this sort of tournament where, you know, um, there was there were rewards for uh, theme and um, you know, encouragement to take thematic armies. I think this sort of tournament is exactly my favourite, not necessarily because I like to take thematic armies, although I have kind of done a weird theme uh, in my army. You get to play against loads of different stuff that you might not normally play against. I didn't see very many you know, Elven Lord armies, for example, although I think there was one, but it just che- the, these sort of tournaments reward different people, so therefore you're playing against a variety of things, and therefore it's more fun. So I, I, I love that. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely nice to see different armies. So I learned all the new Hobbit heroes for the first time, which was fun because I've not seen the books. So many, many heroes there. And uh, I played Will twice uh, with his Easterlings, and it's nice to see them as well. Yeah, because you don't see a, a, an Easterling army like that too often, although he's done very well. He ended up coming second in the end, or was it third? Uh, the Easterlings only lost to the Scouts, so I guess they're next best. Yeah, <laughs> second best. Well, uh, Jasmine, a pleasure. Well done to, for winning your, your fancy ring of uh, ring of champions again. Uh, and... Um, hopefully I'm sure we'll see or hear from you perhaps in another tournament if you keep gracing the top tables as you are well just keep playing for fun and yeah definitely enjoying it so thanks thanks for talking to me cheers so there you go. Well done to Jasmine for uh, winning the tournament again. An- another episode featured for Jasmine uh, as the uh, the star, I suppose, of the the episode, the winner of the tournament. Um, uh, she's been in, of course, as I mentioned before, uh, about the doubles tournament at Ardicon. My, uh, uh, we teamed up, and also in a previous tournament, she won that one as well. So uh, Jasmine uh, clearly uh, very very highly ranked in these uh, the tournaments. Very very gr- a very good player, um, and also um, well done to Barney for organising such an excellent tournament really enjoyed it lots of extra things to think about in the scenarios and all this sort of stuff and of course the theme the theme really makes it um, in this sort of tournament uh, as I've said a couple of times uh, when talking to people throughout the podcast having special rules or encouraging people to take different armies just means that you're playing against different armies even if you take your exactly the same army you usually play even if I was say taking my dwarves or whatever the fact that I would be playing against such different armies would make this tournament for me anyway. I mean, the fact that I'm playing an a unusual army means that more people uh, hopefully enjoy playing it and get a challenge and make you think about different things. So I love thematic uh, tournaments or tournaments that encourage different list building because it makes it a more fun experience for everyone. So really enjoyed that. And to be honest, to top it off, I, I genuinely, genuinely I'm shocked that people keep voting for me for um, most sporting player because 
I mean, I, I, it's not like I'm sort of being ultra friendly. I mean, I'm being friendly, I guess, but I, not like I'm trying hard or anything. So, so I'm really shocked and uh, quite. Um, I'm just guess I'm really happy about that. That uh, that some of the people on this podcast we spoke to throughout the tournament uh, obviously gave me um, most sporting votes. So that's that's brilliant that they reckoned that the game that we played together was better than any of the others in the tournament, um, or in terms of. The how sportsmanshipy I was, or how friendly I was, or whatever. I mean, I think it kind of helps actually that this podcast, because after each game, even if I was smashed or I smashed them, which I don't think happened very often either way. I mean, there are a couple of twelve nils here, there, and everywhere. But you know, I think it really helps having a talk to your opponent after a game about it, about what you could have done better, what they could have done better, what uh, you know, what decisions you made that went badly, or whatever. So I'd actually really recommend it, even though perhaps you don't want to record it and make it into a podcast. I'd highly recommend it because there are definitely some games that I thought at the end of that game, oh, you know what? That was a difficult game, just a really tricky, tough game. And this is the case at Articon as well. And I think it's well worth talking to your opponent and having a good laugh and maybe everyone else does it anyway um but i've certainly in the past when i've been um really thoroughly beaten by someone uh and I, maybe i've felt like a few dice rolls didn't go my way or someone got lucky or whatever um i'm less likely to talk to them about the game in detail certainly might have a you know chat and catch up later on or whatever and all that sort of stuff but um having a five minute chat at the end of each game just chewing the cud over you know what you did wrong what you did it's real great way of learning really fantastic way of um you know making friends with those people that you've played against and and you know maybe even helping them along or or vice versa they can help you along and um, so i always try and ask people what i could do better or what what they could have done better so um i'd really recommend it and maybe maybe just maybe that it takes the edge off a, a, a terrible loss or or whatever a crushing victory so and having a nice chat maybe that maybe that's it maybe that's the that maybe that's the key to getting the best sportsmanship uh at the a tournament i don't know um but i certainly have enjoyed it uh the tournament is another pleasure and i've got a lovely little trophy out of it which is like a, a sort of homemade trophy which is fantastic it's like a glass jar with um lots of red velvet inside and um a, a ring a special ring that's got a chain on it and on top is a a cork with a uh, with a silver uh, Rohan warrior because I got uh, one of the rings of men basically so really really uh, fantastic uh, got a little Fredo as well chocolate bar so all that anyway so I- I'm rambling on now but hey it's been a fantastic tournament I really enjoyed it and it will mean that it won't be much longer till my next tournament so the next tournament I'm heading to if I'm correct uh, in thinking, which I may well not be, um, is a very intriguing tournament in um, Ripon in North Yorkshire. So it's in a few weeks' time. So it'll be in, uh, I think probably the podcast will be out sometime tw- the week of the 24th uh, of September. So look out for it then. Um, and that will be a Battle Company hybrid tournament. And it's uh, uh, Will Champion who's organising it. Um, he is kind of pretty excited about this I think because he's come up with something that he thinks is pretty unique and I think it is unique day one is a battle company tournament where you build up your battle company throughout a certain number of games through the days and then day two you use said battle company to turn into an actual army 
and to play some three or four games, I think. And that is something completely alien to me, if I'm completely honest. I'm not even sure how I'm going to do the podcast for it, but I definitely want to go because that sounds fun. I haven't played Battle Companies at all, ever. Um, I've read the books, obviously, but never actually played it. And um, just never had anyone to play it with. Mm, lonely me. Um, so I'm going to do that. That's going to be really exciting. So we'll have a chat with Will about that in the next episode um, and what how he came up with the idea and what he wanted to do. And also, hopefully, work out a way of doing it. We'll also have uh, the answer to the riddles in the dark because uh, we've got, had three weeks or so since then. So we'll have time to guess that. So don't you worry. Have another guess at the riddle. Uh, rewind back to uh, find the riddle. And also... Um, You've got one month, one month exactly-ish. It's the 5th and the 6th of October is my tournament uh, in in, uh, Lincoln. And this is the uh, Lord of the Imps. And it's got some unusual scenarios as well. Um, Feel free to uh, have a look at the event pack on the uh, Great British Hobbit League. It's on the event page. Uh, If you just search for imps, I'm sure that'll work on the event page. Um, But just to summarise, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, uh, this one, uh, you start on one day with a 700-point army with a leader. And on that, uh, you also choose your second highest tiered uh, hero to be your lieutenant. Day two, you've lost your leader and his warband or her warband and your lieutenant automatically becomes the general and then however many points you've lost because of the leader's warband you have to then top up uh, in any way you want really so uh, you can top up your warband, you can add another hero, whatever as long as they're not a higher heroic tier than the lieutenant that's all gravy so and again as we mentioned earlier I just love the idea that this might encourage people to bring different armies, um, you know, bring armies that perhaps, uh, you know, aren't overly reliant on a big hero like, I don't know, Aragorn. Because day two, you're not going to have Aragorn. You might have to have two big heroes or you might have to have two medium tiered heroes or whatever. So uh, I love this idea. And um, this was uh, came up with by, actually by we're talking to Jasmine about this. Uh, Jasmine helped me write that uh, idea into it. Also some scenarios. Uh, so an imp scenario, which is like a Caesar Prize variant. All very exciting stuff. So do have a look, even if you're not able to come uh, in October the 5th and 6th in Lincoln. Uh, do have a look at the scenario pack, hopefully give you ideas to, for games at home or whatever. So, all that coming up uh, in the next few weeks. So, in the next, uh, into, by October the 8th or 9th, we'll have had two extra podcasts. But in the meantime, enjoy your strategy battle gaming and boorah.